the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network presents. Take a seat and buckle up, folks, because Chad Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn are here to violate your ear holes with more indie wrestling, pop culture, and pee-pee humor than you could possibly mentally or emotionally prepare for. You're here for reviews, interviews, nonsense, and more nonsense. It's the IndieCast! Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the IndieCast. Chad Allen, uh, Zach Romero. I think Luna Lynn is still in the room because obviously we are keeping our social distancing. Uh, right. From here, I am obviously at IndieCast headquarters. They are at Fully Gimmick HQ. Uh, and we are here with another episode of the IndieCast. Uh, it's an After Dark episode. It's just uh, the big three, the uh, fully, fu- fully formed Voltron episode on this one today. Um, things have changed, so it's just three of us now. Long story, not going to bring it up here. Um, but anyway, we've, we've, stream, we've streamlined uh, Voltron. It happens in yeah. season changes. Yeah, there or it could be now we're the now we're that uh, I think it was like the robot episode where it was the three robots are just kind of like stacked up on top of each other. It was not nearly as good, but we there tried. You go. Or we could be um, constructicons. We're just a, a big dumb robot, smaller. And dumb. Then, well, here I am, the big dumb robot in the middle to, to get everything going for it. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah, uh, so this week, again, uh, After Dark episode, we're going to kind of go over uh, this year of COVID. Uh, and, yeah, I was going to say, we're doing uh, that. it has to be After Dark because let's check in on wrestling real quick. Right, chirp, 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 chirp. happening? Okay, great. So I guess we'll <laughs> talk about something other than wrestling. Right. Well, the good news is we actually later on in this episode we'll actually possibly have some wrestling stuff to talk about. Who knew? Um, but we'll uh, we'll, well get we'll get to that I'm shortly. Mention that because uh-huh. I have a question to derail this podcast. Uh-oh. Derail derail away, sir. I found in my uh, research today uh, my new favorite uh, Twitter account. Uh, it's at Rick Rude Cells, and the <laughs> Twitter account is nothing but clips of Rick Rude getting atomic drop. Which is amazing. Sounds, I, I joined that one as well. That sounds like a fetish. It's not. I, I mean, it still could realize be. how much Rick Rude oversold the fuck out of Atomic Drops in his entire career. Mm-hmm. Like, he just made a decision. It was like airbrushed tights and I'm going to oversell the shit out of Atomic Drops. And so it is blowing my mind right now of all the times he's completely oversold Atomic Drops. So, my question to derail the episode is what is a fictional Twitter account of something painfully specific about a celebrity that you would follow? Luna, you've got a smirky look on your face. Let's start with you. <laughs> I have one. It is freakishly specific. Okay. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one, but like probably mm, are hard pressed. Um, David Tennant's teeth. Di- I love them. I love his whole face, but particularly his teeth. His mouth is very expressive. He's got great teeth, and I want to lick him. Okay. There you go. Whoa. Scott is right here with us, folks. She yeah. wants them teeth. <laughs> um, uh, I want, I want, uh, I want Professor Snape, uh, hair swipes like anytime he has to anytime alan rickman had to like move his hair from the from the snape wig because he he, felt like he was touching it a lot more than he probably should have been Uh, and his hair was wonderful in that movie that's legit and i want to lick it uh so that's fair yeah that's fair i would have gladly licked alan rickman i i was afraid he was gonna end his like 
pitch with that as well. Yeah. Like, like, ah, yes, Snape's hair. I want to lick it. Like, oh, no, don't do that. Hashtag, why is that not on the shirt? I want to lick it. <laughs> lick it. So, yes, yeah, so that was my derailment uh, question. But now... Well, no, hold it. No, no, no. You have to answer the question, sir. What, what is your... What what is your oddly specific? That's the one that already what? exists. You have to pick. No, it up. that one already exists. You have to pick another one. Oh my god! You both fucking flim flammed my question on me. Jesus. Um, <laughs> oh shit! This is really derailing the whole momentum of the show here. Um, hmm. Well, if you came prepared with a weirdly specific fetish like Chad and I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Geez, how much do I want to out myself right now? Hmm. Or I could give you another derailment question if you'd like. If you'd like a, an off derailment question, because I definitely have one I'd like to. I'd like to have yeah, you specifically yeah, answer. What in, what in the blue hell made you shave your beard, you psychopath? Oh Christ! So <laughs> I was trimming so the, it up because you know part of the virus is like you're supposed to kind of shorten up the facial hair if you can, and so I'm trying to trim it, and I fuck it up, and I'm like, you know what? Let me do the the Joey Ryan like porno stash thing. Like, let me wor- work this out. Oopsie doodle. <laughs> what I found underneath the beard was a wicked bad double chin that I've been growing for the last five plus years that I wasn't aware of, and where my chin used to be is now just gone, and it's just neck. So I was like, well then. Fiddle dee dee! I look like a potato that wants to molest someone. Yeah, I was say, his concern is that he looked like a potato. My concern was that he looked like a pedo because it All was right. a super pedophile stash, and I was like, Jesus Christ! Yeah, so uh, I am so desperate a- trying to grow uh, my beard back. But of course, in like the twist of all twists, it's like, okay, I'm starting to get some pretty good five o'clock shadow coming in. Like, oh, thank God! And then, of course. Record scratch. I'm seeing a lot more gray coming in. <laughs> like, oh, God damn it. Welcome, welcome to my world. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, yeah no. Thanks to Roni on my part. Not a good call. I heard a lot about, like, and obviously I've heard a lot about the, oh, you know, your beard and the, and the coronavirus and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what the fuck? I, I wash my beard every day. I just, like, what the hell ever? I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to take that chance because I know what it looks like underneath here and I look like a, I look like, a, again, you think you have a double chin. I've got like a triple going. So like this at least makes it look like I have one going and you can't see my neck because of how long the beard is. But yeah, I, I'm not I'm not doing the shaving route. That's, I thought about it actually for a second after all the crazinesses in my life. I kind of looked in the mirror a few days ago and went, maybe I should just shave it down again. I'm like, nah, that's a bad idea. And I skipped on and then your picture came up. I was like, oh, oh, and there we go. There's, there's why I didn't do it because Zach just proved why I... Why I won't do that? <laughs> I'm uh, I've gotten nothing but uh, like dunks and burns against me from other people. I've gotten no uh, no compassion or empathy. It's been all just wow, what a bad mistake! And uh, <laughs> that was your whole gimmick. What what were you thinking? So yeah. So well, uh, speaking of COVID, let me let's let's segue now from uh, from that derailment to this. Uh, we are all stuck in our homes. Uh, most of us are, I think are pretty much all working from home for the most part. Uh, so with that, uh, we have a lot of time on our hands to kill and, and that has uh, drawn most of us, uh, to artistic things. No, uh, trying to better ourselves. 
No, it's turned us to more TV uh, and what and what we've been what we've been watching. And the funny part is, apparently, we've mostly discovered that a lot of obviously what we're watching hasn't been that much wrestling because there's not much of it on right now. Um, so I'm interested to ask uh, Zach Luna because you're uh, there at home. What have you been watching during COVID? Great question. So my answer is uh, is very sad. Um, for the most part, I've been watching the same four movies that I've been paid to review and I haven't fucking done yet. So I keep re-watching those, hoping that I'll just make something funny happen. And uh, when I'm not doing that, uh, I've started developing a VHS collection. So I've been watching some old VHS tapes, and uh, that has been real wet and wild, and I've enjoyed that a great deal. Uh, and I now find myself, once again dangerously close to just ripping off uh, Jesse Butler at all turns and just trying to just assimilate to just be him. That's my, that's my, that's seems okay. to be my goal. Um, <laughs> Luna's like, okay, whatever. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Grow the beard. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything. The worst VHS I watched was uh, Brain Smasher, a love story starring um, Andrew Dice Clay. Wow. Nice. That was not good. And not good, not good because it felt like the movie got dice because of who he is, but they were like, oh, we can't make this an R rating, so you just have to be like, and if you don't have dice being filthy, then he's just sort of this guy, and it's like, oh, well, that's no fun. It's like Nick Jr. dice. Like yeah, we're just, oh, okay. And so that was the worst one I watched. And that's it, and I, not good. So let me ask you this, what... What made you? What made the sudden turn to like want to go VHS? Like, I can kind of understand like like the big turn to like going back to vinyl recently. I, I understand that one a little bit more. Going to VHS is 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 odd to me a little bit. So, what what made you want to go that route? Um, there was an element of nostalgia. There is an element of not that I have anything to prove it with. Like, I can't be like, well, I've got this, but there are some cult movies out there that never made it to DVD or digital. So, like, you could only get them on VHS. Not that I have any to showcase for that, but that is an option out there. Um, you're not wrong. I mean, it's... It's certainly not the quality. It's worse quality. Yeah. It takes up more space on a shelf. It degrades over time. Right. So... I don't know. There's a weird. There's a weirdness to it. I say I think with a lot of stuff like that, though, like it's a weird nostalgia because it's like yeah. There's a weird aesthetic that I like of yeah. like the you know the fuzz in the bottom and you know the the kind of like weird graininess yeah. and color tones of it. I don't know. I'm I'm trying I'm trying like hell to only get movies I give a shit about and not just like I've got these random VHS movies. I'm already kind of falling into that trap, but for the most part, I'm trying to stick with like. These are movies that I genuinely enjoy a great deal that I can watch over and over again. Um, but now I'm dabbling in the fuck. Chad, not only is VHS an inferior format, but there's a further rabbit hole of sold-as-blank VHS tapes. And by that... If I say, what is that? So on eBay... People will sell a box full of their VHSs that they taped at home. And it's quote unquote 
sold as blank, meaning either A, they don't fucking know what's on it anymore, or B, for legal purposes, I can't say I taped Toy Story 2 and you can buy it for $4. It's supposed to be used for if you were going to record or film something on VHS, here's you know cheap tapes that you can use to record over. Sure. But there are plenty out there where it's not just a movie, it's like TV. Like someone recorded a block of TV from 1992, and then you can really go into a time warp where you're seeing like old Taco Bell commercials and commercials for, you know, sodas that don't exist anymore. And, you know, Ally McBeal is the hottest fucking TV show that's ever been. Like, that's an even further rabbit hole that I haven't fallen into, but I feel myself creeping ever closer to. Because that is very exciting to me. Although, for me, I want them completely blank. I don't want them to see what's on at all. Some of these people kept, like, very good labels on them. And it's like, oh, Backdraft. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit about Backdraft. Um, so, yeah, that's that's everything that I'm stuck in right now. And it's pretty awful. So, Luna, obviously you're you're sitting next to Zach through probably a lot of this. But hopefully you, you have found a way to watch something else than some of the nightmare fuel that he's watching. Right. What are you watching during COVID? <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, I've oddly enough been binging shows more so than movies. Like I still go through some of the classic Disney's on, um, like Disney Plus and stuff. Or um, I got a wild hair the other day and I rewatched uh, the original, the first Austin Powers movie because it's a fucking work of art. Um, but I've been watching on like actual real TV, Prodigal Son, which is fucking amazing. Um, which I got through in a weird rabbit hole because I love Good Omens and Michael Sheen was in Good Omens and Michael Sheen is, of course, the, like, ooh, Big Daddy Issues serial killer in Prodigal Son. And I was like, this is right up my alley. It's delightful. Um, so I think that season just wrapped. And then I've been rewatching on Netflix. They made a TV series on uh, when Robert Rodriguez made the El Rey channel. They made a show of From Dust Till Dawn. And it's yeah. stellar. I love it so much. It's amazing. And so I've been rewatching that and just like basking in how good that was and how sad I am that El Rey decided to bet the ponies on a dying fucking medium. Right. And instead of going streaming, they made an actual TV channel and that it went nowhere. And that makes me very sad. See, my only problem with like if El Rey went streaming uh, is that everybody's trying to go streaming right now. And, they, and, and the sad part is I don't think people quite and by people, I mean, like, these TV networks and the like, don't quite get how the streaming thing should have probably really gone. Like, Netflix right. hit it big, great. Hulu became a bunch of the networks kind of working together to, to put something together for, you know, more of the regular TV, great. Disney Plus, okay, great. We see where they're going with that. That's, that's a good one from there. But then everybody went, like, you know, ABC's got one. CBS has one. HBO has 12 different right. versions of it, apparently. Um, and, it's and, honestly, Hulu has made, like, the best shot of it because you can, like, add on other services to Hulu. Like, I think you can add, like, what? Showtime or something onto that. And, like, that's what they need to do instead of everybody having an individual channel. Like, exactly. you all still need to work together. Otherwise, nobody's going to have 50 different streaming services, you idiots. Like, ugh. Because, like, there's stuff I want to see on, like, the DC one. Like, uh, DC has, I guess, they've got that Harley Quinn show, which I've heard is amazing. Mm -hmm. Won't do it because I'm not paying for one show. Same thing with uh, CBS. You can keep trying to get me with those Picard episodes. I'd (laughs) like to see them. I'm not paying for CBS. Right. Um, 
Apple TV, you can lick my balls. That's not going to happen either. Thank, yeah, thankfully, I don't know I, I can try. Like Apple, Apple TV, please. you can lick my balls. Hashtag, why is that not on the shirt? Um, although I'll be honest, I, I am thankful that I did have a friend that may or may not have lent me their Apple TV login um, so I could watch the most recent. This is one of the things I've been watching on COVID, uh, on COVID was the uh, the most recent Beastie Boys documentary because I'm a big Beastie Boys fan. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, Ad Rock and Mike D uh, did a series of like uh, I, I can't call them concerts. They're not that they they basically did a bunch of shows in uh, different theaters in in New York and New Jersey uh, specifically. I think they might have done some in California too, but uh, where they basically just went over the history of the Beastie Boys um, from you know when they started all the way until um, MCA passed. Um, and, you know, it was kind of based off of a lot of the stories they had in their Beastie Boys book. They had come out not that long ago and things like that. And that was wonderful. It was uh, directed by Spike Jones, who did a lot of their videos and stuff like that. Um, but uh, if you're a Beastie Boys fan, the, the two companion pieces of things I would probably recommend is seeing that, and uh, I haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it again recently, but I owned it on DVD and it was a fight to find it was a movie they did called. Uh, oh, shit. I shot that, I believe is what it was called, where they did a concert in, I think, Madison Square Garden and they gave 100 fans their own cameras. You know, they handed out video cameras and said, film whatever you want. Just at the end of the evening, give them back to give them back to us. And they edited it together as one big concert movie. So they had professional people shooting the concert, but then they would skip to the shots from the audience filming. And, I, and that's amazing. Um, so if you're, if you're a Beastie Boys fan, those are the two things you should definitely kind of have nearby because those, those are both wonderful. Um, the other thing I've noticed I've been watching a lot of lately is a weird, is a weird mix of thing. One uh, that made me think of you guys is uh, I've been watching a lot of Game Show Network. There you go. Yeah. That a boy. Uh, I have become quite the actually become quite the fan of uh, America Says, which is an which is an odd one, which is basically like another version of Family Feud, because okay. uh, it's still just like we ask America this question, and but then they instead of like just the one through eight, they give them like here's the eight answers, but it's just the first letter of them, and they have to guess what they are. Um, so they give them at least a little bit of a teaser, and you know sometimes they're easy, and sometimes people are just really really dumb. Um, and then there's another one that uh, I, I don't know why I'm so into this, but it's called Catch 21. And uh, I, I almost consider it kind of almost another version of like card sharks where they have to answer trivia questions and they get cards to try to build the best, to build the best blackjack hand. Um, so that one's that one's an odd one as well. But I've been watching a lot of that. Um, but then the other thing I've been I've been getting into a lot lately um, has been a lot of theater companies and a lot of theaters uh, and the like have been putting up um, shows to watch. And one of the ones is a, uh, a YouTube channel that's actually called The Shows Must Go On, which apparently has some sort of connection to um, Andrew Lloyd Webber, uh, who uh, has uh, given the, uh, they only put them up for a few days and they take them right back down again. So they don't stay up for long. But they put up, um, I didn't get to watch this one, but they put up the Broadway production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat um, and took that down. They had a West End, uh, like, 
25th anniversary performance or something like that of Jesus Christ Superstar that was done with a like a huge stage and had um, uh, Sporty Spice playing Mary Magdalene. Uh, they put up the, the like 40th anniversary of um, uh, Phantom of the Opera that they did um, somewhere in, in London as well, uh, which was a huge performance. Uh, with a big, huge electronic background stage and like the whole thing, it was. Uh, but then at the end of it, they had uh, like five of the phantom, the former phantoms, all come out, uh, and Sarah Brightman sang at one point. It was like it was definitely a whole thing, but that was three hours long. It was entirely too long. Uh, uh, and then uh, this past week, they just did a like Andrew Lloyd Webber like concert special that had uh, Antonio Banderas singing. Because uh, he was in Evita on Broadway. This Phantom, oh my, oh. Well, and he sang, yeah, and he sang Phantom. He sang Phantom too, yeah, and he did the stuff from Phantom too, and it was just like, this is all wild. But I, yeah, I've I've found my like my theater, my theater roots again, uh, going through all these all these shows, and then it's, you know it's the typical like cooking show stuff that I watch normally anyway. But, um, but yeah, I've got I dug deep into a lot of weird theater. Not not by choice. We we prefer to watch Kitchen Nightmares, but Pluto TV their scheduling is weird, and so we've wa- we've gotten way into Hell's Kitchen, which we of all the Gordon Ramsay shows, that's the one that I think we critique the structure of the show the most. Like we definitely fall into that trope of watching Kitchen Nightmares. And when the owner's like, oh, we're going to do the onions like this, we sit at home eating Pop-Tarts and we're like, you fucking swine, why would you think to do that? <laughs> Hell's Kitchen, we're just like, oh, the show should do more of this. Well, the show right. should, you know, show the perspective of the actual professional uh, sous chefs who help Chef Ramsay. Like, and not just, you know, these children flopping around with pots and pans and going like, I don't have the barrel, like. I'd like to right. see actual professionals look at it and go, hmm, okay, well, here's something that they could be working on. You know, or, you know, that's it. I feel like we give Hell's Kitchen more of a critique than any other Ramsey-related project just because we're like, because it's so much a reality show. Like, it is so right. egregiously edited in that way that it's like, okay, well, this is this is trash. Yeah, and I think that's why I never got into that one. I definitely have always liked um, Kitchen Nightmares. Uh, I thought that show was excellent, especially the, and I know it's, this is going to sound like the fucking snootiest thing I think I could ever say. I like the BBC version better than I do the, the American version of it. You're Um, not crazy. The BBC version is superior because Gordon is not a cartoon character and nor the owners. They're just like, Hey, we're in Lancashire and we're fucking up. We don't know what we're doing wrong. And he's like, well, you know, you make all of your meals with porridge and nobody fucking likes that or whatever. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, whereas in the American version, it's like, tonight, someone's gonna fucking die and Chef Ramsay doesn't give a shit. And it's like a chopped up thing of him being like, ah, fucking who cares? (gasps) It's so ridiculous that you're like, okay, I somehow doubt that that's how this show ended. Right, exactly. Um, and you know, the other thing I've been watching lately, uh, cause you guys, you we go, we go very opposite in our, in our celebrity chefs. You go Gordon Ramsay. Um, I go, El- I go Elton Brown. Uh, I'm a big Elton Brown fan and good eat. 
Um, but he's been putting up this thing called Quarantine Kitchen on his YouTube channel, which is just him and his wife stuck in their home cooking. Uh, and I, I find it very, very oddly uh, interesting, interesting to watch their dynamic because it's like he's he's an odd a bit of an oddball anyway. And like seeing the person that has to deal with him day after day is, is very interesting. Um, that he just kind of slips into good eats and his wife's like, I don't care. Yeah, just pretty much. Carrots. <laughs> well, and he gets, he gets very like cranky at some points too, which I, I think might also fall into. I know a lot of people have talked about, especially when he was doing that cutthroat kitchen show um, that, a lot of people are thinking that Elton Brown probably has a Dom side to him because like suddenly all this like fetish gear is coming out and, and it's just his, his overall attitude. It's like he knows how to use some of this stuff way too well. And I just question if there's maybe not something there to that too, but that's, that's a whole nother story. So. so the other thing I wanted to ask, since we're talking about what we're watching during quarantine. So this week was uh, May the 4th. And so I don't know if we've ever gotten into like the real nitty gritty about everybody's takes on Star Wars on this show, and if we have, then too goddamn bad. Um, right. So, Chadley, I want to start with you. So, a, are you up to speed? Have you seen all nine of the Skywalker saga? Yes. So I've seen all the movies. I have finally. Um, uh, I have, I think, caught up with even all the like the little additional movies that have been put in there. So I've, I've seen Rogue One. I just finally got to see Solo fairly recently, actually. Um, and that was, I think, the one I was kind of missing out on. Um, I have not gone through all of the um, animated series that kind of fall in between a lot of the, the shows. Um, and apparently I, I sh- I'm, I'm re- like regretting that by what everybody keeps saying about uh, the Clone Wars series that just finished up apparently was amazing, and I need to go back and uh, apparently um, start watching those because that's what I've been told I should be doing here. But uh, I have seen all nine of the main movies, though. The uh, original three, you know, Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi, I think are classics and are all well amazing. That's actually going to be my follow-up question. So of the oh, okay. nine Skywalker saga films... Oh, shit. If you met somebody who was just getting into Star Wars, which ones would you consider the true winners? Which ones are like, go see these, and then these ones are a waste of your time? Um, I, I think you definitely have to see the original three. Uh, I think you can pretty much watch the last of the prequels. I don't think you really need... The first two prequels, you definitely don't need the first one. The That first prequel is just painful. Actually, I, I tried to watch it not that long ago because uh, I have the riff tracks for it. And I, and I remember I tried to watch it a while back with the riff tracks. And that movie is still so bad, even with the riff tracks, I still fell asleep halfway through it. And the riff tracks are good. It's nothing against it's nothing against the, the riff track guys. They, they're their commentary is hysterical, but the, the movie is just painful. Um, the last one, like I said, the last one is is decent enough, though, because that obviously gives you the lead into Darth Vader. Um, you should uh, definitely see Rogue One. Uh, you can skip Solo. 
because I didn't think it was okay. Uh, there was definitely some good points to it, but it's not like blow you out of the water. Uh, and then fucking forced to me that it was just like, please stop trying to like, just stop it. Just let Han be cool. Like we don't right. need his weird sobby backstory that he had a girlfriend before Leia. I don't give a shit. Like he should have been right. fucking bitches left and right. Like right. he should have been like he was like the Ric Flair. He was like the Ric Flair of the Star Wars saga. Exactly. He, he, he didn't. He didn't have a six pack, but he didn't, right. didn't miss her out the pussy. Um, oh yes. Uh, but then. Um, for the last, for the the most recent three, um, I think the the problem with the most recent three is the fans themselves trying to compare it to to the other movies, um, and that sucks. And I think the problem is is because of the age we're in, of the of this internet age where people whining and crying get get amplified so well by the by the social media aspect of it it's very much similar to what we've talked about in the past for wrestling um sometimes the squeaky wheel should not necessarily get the grease even though it's the one making the most noise um i didn't think these last three movies were that bad were they were they the greatest movies ever no but they were entertaining. They're good movies. They came up with, I mean, Kylo Ren as a character is probably one of my favorite characters that they've come up with in quite a while. Um, but with that, you know, with that being said, I, I think they definitely made some changes to things on the fly to try to appease the whiny, the whiny minor, minority to only have the whiny minority then complain about the changes that they made to try to appease them. Um, so I think that that part of it stinks. Um, but all in all, in all I, I mean, other like I said, I can, I can watch from what, what would that be? It would be episode three all the way to episode nine of the Skywalker series and be happy all the way through. It's just those first two, you know, episode one and two that I'm like, now nah, we don't we don't need that anymore. Right. Well, all right, Luna, you're most recently into uh, Star Wars out of the three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what is your takeaway in terms of like winners, losers, must-sees, must-skips? Right. Well, I, as a kid, because of course everybody saw the prequels when they came out, like, right. yeah, whatever, it's gay. Uh, you can skip those. Fuck that. Um, I think for the original trilogy... That, like, New Hope is definitely the shit. Like, it shotgun blasts you into the middle of the story. Like, they do not hold your it's hand. It's the 70s, baby. Yeah, they're like, here we go, and fucking Darth Vader, Death Star plans, holy shit, let's go. And you're like, okay, I guess we're going in space. Um, so New Hope and Empire Strikes Back are phenomenal. I think Empire Strikes Back is, like, the quintessential of the originals, because it was just so good, like, start to finish, everybody's characters were on point, like... The story and the pacing was good. Like, just overall, I would say that's the best of the three. I fucking hate Return of the Jedi. Yeah, she really didn't like that third one. The pacing is so slow. Like, how long does it fucking take us to fight on Endor? Like, fuck, guys. Like, they had, like, two ideas for what they wanted to do in that movie, and they were like, this has got to stretch the whole thing. Yeah. Like, fuck my face. Okay, so I, I just skip that one. Um, I don't hate the sequel trilogy. I Rogue, Rogue one, one? I know, I'm getting there. Rogue One is my baby because it was like for my initiation back into like hey you're gonna fucking get into star wars now like rogue one was where we started 
Um, and I think it's it's absolutely seamless with A New Hope. And I think that was really fucking clever. And I don't know many other movies that have been able to do it quite that well between recycled footage and what anything else they could do to like make this blend as well. Two th- the first two thirds of that movie are an absolute like catastrophe because nobody really knows where the characters are going. And like Jin's a fucking throwaway half the movie of like, I don't care. And now I super care and we're doing it. And you're like, all right, bitch, relax. Um, but I love the rest of the team. Like K2 is phenomenal because sassy robots are always my shit. Yeah. Um, I think the rest of the team is just like A plus. Like Baze and Chirrut are just absolutely perfect and they definitely should have let Chirrut be a fucking Jedi and they were fucking cowards. But again, they didn't want Jedi in the movie. They just wanted it to be like a real people Pure can people. help. In, yeah, yeah, people can help in Star Wars too. So I was like, all right, good. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't hate the sequel trilogy though. Um, I definitely think that a lot of it reeks of uh, you ruined my fanfic with mm-hmm. like the third, the discourse between JJ's movie and um, uh, Ryan Johnson. Yes, Ryan Johnson. Thank you. I'm like, I know, I know what his name is. Uh, that JJ was just like mad that Ryan like added a chapter to his fucking Wattpad story that, like, didn't jive with the rest of it. So a lot of it, a lot of the changes they made to the characters or, like, rewrites to the stories, like Chad mentioned, just seems really petty. Mm -hmm. Like, Poe and Finn absolutely had to have girlfriends because, like, the actors really wanted them to be gay, and the writers were like, no, they're super not gay. Like, just fucking let the good space boys be gay. Who gives a shit? Fucking whatever. Um, But overall, I think that you know, Star Wars fans love to hate on it, but I they weren't that bad. You know, yeah. some of the dialogue was super clunky, but so it was in the original trilogy. Like, there's a when they're in the trash compactor, they literally loop Luke's audio like two or three times, and it's the exact same phrases. Because like, I don't know if they just didn't record enough that day, or if like it got kind of muddled or whatever. And they were like, whatever, just use the same audio. Like, uh, everybody had mistakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, relax. Um, but no, I think they're definitely worth seeing. So basically, skip prequel trilogy, skip Return of the Jedi, Return of the Jedi, and everybody else fucks. Okay. Except for Solo. Fuck Solo. Solo is terrible. Okay. Um, but I don't count that. Like in my, That's not in my Star Wars canon. So I'm going to deviate a little bit between the two of you. I have, for the longest time, been very indifferent to Star Wars. I don't really give a shit. Oh, I thought you were going to say you're a really big Jar Jar Binks fan. Big Jar Jar Binks fan. Uh, should have been more him in the, in the later uh, sequels. Uh, no, the best Star Wars movie is the fucking Mandalorian. That is the best. Oh, wow. Also, but no, for the movies themselves. Uh, I haven't seen Force Awakens. I still haven't seen Yeah, that. we need to go back to our uh, I haven't seen Solo. Yeah, Ju- we, did. we all saw it in the theater. Together. No, I didn't see it. All the rest of you did. Gross, why was I without you? I don't know, but you saw a bad movie without me. Sucks to be you. Um, I'm pretty sure I had a wrestling show. Um, Thank God. Rogue One is a mess. Rogue One is absolutely a mess. Really? The last last third of that movie is worth the price of admission. When we get to see Darth Vader be just unbelievable. That is what we've been waiting for. Mm Mm-hmm. So the last third of Rogue One is worth it. But if I had to structure it, I almost would say, and this is sound this sounds crazy in my head, mm. but I almost think you could go New Hope, Empire, Last Jedi. And I'm not saying Last Jedi is like my absolute favorite, because it's not, but it did have a good definitive end to it. 
It ends True. on hope. It ends on, is there another generation out there that can carry it? The kid with the broom. Mm-hmm. Like, it does have a very kind of definitive yeah. vibe to it. Um, please cut out the casino scene. It's real doo-doo. Well, we um, just need to trim it. Like, yeah, we God. Get it. But point being, I think you could almost get away with that and tell a decent story. Um, but also, Mandalorian is the only reason why I'm even involved in this conversation. I didn't care about Star Wars whatsoever. Not sure. Until that show, and I was like, ooh, this show's really hitting a lot of right buttons. Mm-hmm. And so, here I am. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, Star Wars is pretty neat, I guess. <laughs> so, by the way, I hate to backtrack on this, but I, for some reason, thinking your rant there made me. Oh, because you said Rogue One was was a mess, which was first off surprised me because I really, I really enjoyed Rogue One. Um, but it did make me think of another thing I was watching over COVID here that was an absolute mess, and I needed your commentary on uh, ah, yes. Romero. Uh, and that is. A 2019 movie that I got to see for the first time uh, yesterday, uh, starring one Nicolas Cage, called Color Out of Space. I haven't seen that yet. I want oh. to. You, you will want to immediately find something to review it, uh, because it is, it is horrible. Uh, it is it's not. A, it is not HBO good at all. Story though, it's supposed to be weird and wild. Yeah, well, you you got that, and it's definitely it's definitely that. Um, yeah, I, I, I yeah, it, it, I don't know how badly I wanted to go in since you haven't seen it yet because I don't want to give anything away. But let me let me know when you've watched it, and uh, in a future episode of the IndieCast, we will definitely cover uh, okay. color out of space because I, I holy did crap. Have- I did just watch a VHS rip of uh, Mandy with uh, Nicolas Cage. I, now, uh, I heard that was good. I haven't seen that one yet. Very, uh, very strange. Uh, I have enjoyed it. It is like if Drive Angry was directed by a film student. That's what it okay. feels like. There's a lot of like okay. Kubrick kind of like interesting camera angles and playing with color. Um, it's interesting. Um, I also watched Dude Bro Party Massacre 3, and it changed my goddamn life. Uh, <laughs> it's on Amazon. I absolutely recommend it. It's done by a comedy troupe. Um, it is the only movie, even, though it's, even though it's Dude Bro Party Massacre 3, it's the only film. Um, but it's, it has, it's, sorry, I'm getting it's, a, it's a big uh, uh, parody of slasher films and, you know, the college, you know, party movies um, but it is very absurd and super well done and has a lot of crazy characters and a lot of amazing cameos. Um, highly, highly recommend it. Great soundtrack and uh, super weird. And I really enjoyed it. So what were you, you going to say about Dude Burr Party Well, I was going to mention that one of the amazing um, guest actors, I guess you would say, and it is Greg Sestero from The Room. Yes. Um, Mark from The Room. Yeah. Patton Oswalt's in it. Larry King is in a scene. Uh, like how the fuck did they get Larry King to be? Porn that? star Nina Hartley is in a scene no, as the Nina. as the dean of the college. It is uh, Andrew WK is in it. it. It's a fucking incredible movie. Uh, five Second Films is the company that did it. Um, and I heard that allegedly when they were writing the movie, that all of the members were all set to write separately, and then they had to just mush the scenes together, which does make sense. Mm-hmm but is also very much enjoyable. So I highly recommend Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. It's on Amazon. 
It is a very good. I will have to look that one up because I've got time to kill. Yeah. Um, now, um, so interestingly, and this I think is going to be our closing segment of this particular episode. Uh, so Punk Pro Wrestling, because uh, we, yes. we will talk a little bit of wrestling on this one. I know we don't have a lot of independent wrestling to talk about lately, but uh, we might again just actually put up on their Twitter page uh, that there's going to be a Punk Pro Secret Shows that will be coming out on uh, their YouTube channel. So since you yeah. guys may have a little bit of insight as to Punk Pro, uh, tell us a little bit about what, what we might be able to expect from the Secret Shows TV show. So what we've gathered is that there's going to be a, kind of a closed filming, because obviously we are still in the quarantine, as much as Punk Pro is never say die, we don't, we're not looking to put people's lives at risk. But there's going to be a closed um event space filming as much content as possible with uh several returning members of the roster a couple new faces and uh some of our champions and it's it's going to be insane and then uh, i'll be forced to edit it and and it'll make me cry and then i'll edit it and then it'll be a hopefully weekly episodic venture and who knows we might even introduce some Old stuff might pull some stuff out of the vault, maybe some never before seen stuff in in addition to uh, to new content, and uh, we're gonna bounce back and and hopefully this paves the way for an actual full blown live event, you know, later in twenty twenty. Hopefully, fingers crossed, everything going the way we hope at least. So, so well, it should be exciting. I'm looking for. I'm obviously looking forward to it. Hopefully, everybody else will as well. And I, I am. Promising that I am sure that once those episodes start going up, you will hear a lot about it here right. on uh, Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Because why wouldn't you? And um, one perfect segue, if you're not already, if somehow you've stumbled upon this podcast and you're not following the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network on social media, shame on you. We've got you an should amazing, be. amazing team of talents here, uh, including Team Hammerfist. Uh, the power hour, whatever the hell they get around to recording right. quarantine. Uh, this makes no sense with uh, Zachary Cooper and Luke Barron. Uh, I was actually thinking, Chad, you might have to bring back um, the golden guys. You I, uh... Now that there's not a ton of new wrestling coming out, uh, we might need to go back down memory lane and start uh, I... instructing some older wrestling. I am thoroughly willing to do that. So if, uh, if one uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mayor of NXT, Rick the Sussman Sussman, happens to be listening in on this one, ponder some ideas, my friend. We can definitely we can definitely bring back the Golden Guys. Um, do you guys have any more? Um, and, and for those of you that also uh, may not know, we have some a- excellent episodes of uh, a show called Monster of the Week, uh, which oh, isn't wrestling related, but definitely nerd related. Do we uh, do we have any more of those getting ready to uh, no, we be able just to come up? Or? up. We just wrapped up the uh, the the final episode of the initial Monster of the Week run, uh, right. which was a little ghost story in Massachusetts. And now, fittingly enough, the next chapter in the uh, nerd uh, role playing uh, I don't know saga is actually Star Wars related. We're going to be playing Edge of the Empire, okay. which is a tabletop Star Wars related one. And I can tell you with the utmost assurance that it gets equally ridiculous as some of the monster of the week episodes. So that'll oh, be, it'll nice. be edited. And on that subject as an adjacent thing, I want to put over, uh, another podcast that I'm on 
Frightful Failures. Uh, Tien Guignol and I host a show where we compare and contrast and try to fix really bad movies. Um, we just wrapped up recording one about uh, dueling Scooby-Doo films. We watched Scooby-Doo meets the Boo Brothers back in 87, which is the first like made-for-TV Scooby-Doo movie. Um, as compared to uh, Return to Zombie Island, which came out last year and was a big pile of shit. So, uh, Frightful Failures, another uh, fantastic podcast when you've got all this extra time on your hands. When you're not watching Game Show Network, you want something to listen to. There you go. So, I think that's it. And I think we've gotten our shit in. Uh, well, Luna, have you, let's, get some, uh, let's get some full of gimmick shit in. Bye, March. There you go. Bye, March. Bye, my stuff, please. Um, well, yeah, obviously, you know, Punk Pro is trying to creep our way back in the door, but as far as like big shows and stuff, you know, we kind of talked about it and when this first all started, once WrestleMania shut down and everything, just that whole house of cards just tumbled. Um, God only knows when wrestling is actually coming back. So, you know, like restaurants have done everything to try to maintain their business as far as like takeout and curbside and to go booze, which has been the greatest invention. Um, wrestling is trying to do that, too. You know, please buy people's merch, you know, support. And they need it now more than ever, especially a lot of our guys who rely on this as their main source of income. You know, they don't, no shows, no money. So, like, everybody's just fucking struggling. So, buying merch definitely helps to support them. You know, they get, you know, at least some love to let people know that they still give a shit during quarantine. And you look fucking cool when shows do come back. So, buy you some merch. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that. Yeah. I'm really distressed right now because I don't remember what my new nickname was. From the last time we all recorded, I know I had something new, and I don't remember what my nickname is anymore. Uh, cool. There you go. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I discovered something real weird that maybe I'm not as creative as I thought I was when I was making a YouTube channel a million years ago. It's really fucking me up. So I'll uh, I'll get into that uh, at a later date, maybe a video. Oh, a teaser. A teaser, perhaps. Yeah. So, God, what was? What was your nickname? You did come up with something else. I, I wanted to hit something. I know you had Dr. Assface for a little bit, but I think we had, <laughs> that one had dropped again. Dr. Assface? I think that's what you've been calling me behind my back. <laughs> no, you legitimately called yourself Dr. Assface on a couple episodes. Dr. Ass, yes. It's not just me. Go back. That's me without a beard is Dr. Assface now. <laughs> there you go. Well, now, you have another, now you have another new nickname there. There you Woo-hoo. go. So, so, well, until next time, everybody. Uh, thank you for uh, dozens of for listening into the NBCast once again in our, our, our typical band of craziness. Until next time, I am always Coculus Maximus. You're Dr. I'm but fuck McGillicuddy. I don't fucking remember. <laughs> I'm Pink Zappa. God damn it. And until next time, everybody, we always say Juicy's. I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. It's that dirty-ass Meryl Street. We are. We're touching wieners. Touching wieners professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six-pack, and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin.